We begin this evening's episode with a quote from the mother of the author of The Color of Water by James McBride. And I got rid of that name when I was 19 and never used it again after I left Virginia for good in 1941. Rachel Shilsky is dead as far as I'm concerned. She had to die in order for the rest of me to live. Water, dear sisters. Water is a life source. It is life-sustaining. It can be life-threatening. It is life-revealing. Water doesn't merely reflect what we look like. It reveals who we are. The ocean can pull from your spirit childlike vibrancy or release soulful deluges of romanticism. And bathing invokes spiritual, physical, and mental rejuvenation. Drinking water combats dehydration, boosts kidney function, and aids in mental clarity, among other things. Up to 60% of the human adult body is water. Remember, there exists at the well, the source of water, all the resources necessary to thrive. Sisters, the wellspring of life exists in you. What are you drawing from your well? And who is watching? Life is a cycle of experiences, choices, and behaviors. Think about it. We have life circumstances and situations, those are our experiences, that requires decisions, our choices, and acting on those choices or decisions is a response, our behavior. The cycle plays out daily. What the cycle looks like varies from person to person based on the water quality in the wellspring of the soul. Are you drawing bitter water or refreshing water? Take inventory of your partakers, those with whom you communicate daily. When you hang up the phone, can you trust what you've heard or do you immediately say or think, you know she lying? That's bitter water. The behavior of the person on the other end of the line is such that you know it is untrustworthy. That person's behavior is a consequence of drawing from a wellspring of bitterness, disappointment, hurts, and frustration. Do you behave in such a manner? Do you behave in such a manner at work? I observed a young lady completely disengaged at her place of employment. She made no eye contact. Her body language was hard. She was slamming and banging items on countertops. Her experiences, her responses, she was pulling from bitter water. Do you draw on your bitter water at school? I remember I was substituting in a juvenile correctional facility in Los Angeles County. And I asked the students what would make them change. I proceeded to say, it's not your mother, it's not your children, if you have any, and it's not even yourself. I told them that the behaviors they were engaging in were worth more than their mother, their children, and themselves. And the reward they received for that type of valuation was incarceration. As the young men started to think, and I know they were thinking because it got real quiet, 
one of them blurted out, don't answer her. She's trying to get us to think. His response reflected bitter water. The other boys, however, were thinking. They no longer wanted to partake of bitter water. You see, their environment was a wellspring of hopelessness, a revolving door. I learned from that session with those young men. And in the next classroom, in that same environment, I asked the same question. But this time, instead of requesting verbal responses, I had them write it down as an assignment. And I will never forget on one of the papers was written, I want to change, but I don't know how. So let's talk about changing bitter water to sweet water. Sisters, you've got to change your attitude. Change your attitude at work. Change your attitude toward your children. Change your attitude toward yourself. And change your attitude toward others. Your attitude at work makes you expendable or dependable. If you are expendable, you can be replaced and you will be replaced. Expendable behaviors include rolling eyes, using nasty foul language and gossip, and showing up to work looking like you just rolled out of bed. A job is a privilege. A job is an opportunity to learn new skills that you do not get sitting at home watching BET, TV One, and gossiping on the phone. I don't care where you work. If you are a cashier, that is an opportunity to learn money management. You are responsible for the contents of that door. Money management skills may start at the cashier level, but the epitome, the acting top tier is a CFO or a chief financial officer out of the top. Now, I'm not saying you have to aspire to be all of that. You may just want to manage a store, but you cannot manage a store if you can't manage a drawer. Secondly, dependable behaviors include eye contact. One of the benefits of eye contact is it helps you remember what's being said. So if your employer or your manager or your supervisor asks you to do something, that eye contact boosts your responsibility quotient, and now you can follow through with greater efficiency. Dependable behaviors include workplace language. So I always hear the excuse when using foul or, lat or nasty language. I'm just being real. Well, okay, be real broke and be real stuck, or be right. Understand that different environments call for different behaviors and different language. Gossip, sucking and clicking your teeth, tongue smacking, and foul language is not dependable language in the workplace. Last week, when discussing communication with an ex, I suggested that you say what needed to be said and then stop. Transfer that same skill to the workplace. In professional circles, we have what we call buzzwords. Buzzwords are those words that are easily recognizable to others in similar fields, and they set you apart as one who is knowledgeable, if not a master, in your area. Becoming proficient in the language of your current field of employment creates trust with those in charge. They take notice and they earmark you as one with potential for upward trajectory. Workplace attire probably should have been first. But what is the first thing that you notice when people walk into the room? Mm -hmm. 
It's their clothes. What do you think your boss notices when you show up to work besides the time? Your clothes or the condition of your Dirty, wrinkled clothing is a sign of lackadaisical, lazy attitude. It's an outward sign that you'd rather be elsewhere instead of taking full advantage of the opportunity afforded you. Every day you go to work is an opportunity for advancement. It may not be an advancement in your current workplace, but it is certainly an advancement in your personal development and career development. You take what you learned from that job into your next place of employment. Professional work attire can include a nice pair of slacks, some blouses, a skirt, no t-shirt, a flat pair of closed toe shoes, or some pumps. Your clothes speak your intention. Your intention at the job should be to fulfill your duties in a professional, courteous manner, not turn heads. Get noticed for being right, not being real. Our scriptural inspiration comes from Rebecca, who was noticed at a well. The onlooker was observing her characteristics, her mannerisms, and her speech before deciding if she would be the perfect wife for his employer's son. There's also another scriptural reference, the well at Mara. The water there was so bitter that the people could not drink it. But they changed the bitter water to sweet water by adding to the well. We started this episode with what I consider a powerful quote regarding identity. Your identity has been shaped by what has been put into your well, your life experiences. The quote suggests who you have been, indeed who you are now, does not impact who you can become. The wellspring means bountiful supply. You can change the quality. You can change the bountiful supply of your soul. I leave you now. But sister, tomorrow is a new day. The circumstances will be the same. But you, you will do better. You will be better. Because better is always achievable. Next week, better for our children. Good night.